Welcome to Finding Certainty with your host and U.S. Army veteran, Patrick Lang. Over the next hour, you'll learn from Patrick and his expert guests how to attract more certainty into your business and your life. Now, here is your host, Patrick Lang. Welcome to Finding Certainty. This is Patrick Lang. I'm meeting with a special guest today, Mr. Dave Bray. He's an award-winning musician with over a decade of touring experience, six studio albums, and millions of streams and views across all platforms. Uh, Looking forward to meeting you and uh, getting to know you a little bit today, Dave, and talking about your story and how through your experience, you are not only inspiring people, but maybe creating a little more certainty in their lives as well. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Patrick. I appreciate you and your team uh, offering me the the spot. So thanks again. I appreciate the intro. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's not every day we have a, an artist who's toured with the likes of uh, rock legends, Aerosmith and Leonard Skinner and Weezer and heck, Charlie, uh, Charlie Daniels band. I mean, the list goes on, right? Um, you have performed. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, I said it's definitely a collective group of people that I've performed with and, and shared the stage with for sure. So I'm still trying to figure out what genre I am. <laughs> well, you know, I think it's I think it's really cool. And uh, we'll talk about it a little bit on the show today, how you you cover many genres, right? You've performed with a, a wide variety of, of artists. Uh, I mean, you performed at NFL and NHL and, and the Special Olympics and uh, you know, the, the, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's gotta be quite the experience. I'm sure as you look back over your career over the last decade or more, a lot of memories, right? A lot of people you've touched and, and a lot of experiences that you've collected. There is, uh, you know, one of the, one of the most interesting groups, um, for me, I mean, a lot of them have, I don't want to say come and gone, but again, when you're dealing with like country, you know, fans or you're dealing with rock fans or you're dealing with like some of the metal guys or you just any of them, you know, one of my, one of my favorite groups of people I found is, is the law enforcement community out there. They've just embraced all aspects of what I do. I did a hip hop, uh, uh, a song with a guy who's, uh, the, uh, he's actually a hip hop artist, but he's actually a law enforcement officer as well. And so, yeah, I've just, like I said, my genre and net is casted wide, uh, but the law enforcement community just has embraced what I do uh, because I feel like they uh, understand the mission the best. Well, I would, uh, I would agree. That doesn't surprise me. You know, you're a, you're a Marine Corps and U.S. Navy veteran yourself. Uh, as you know, I served in the Army. And anyone who's served, I think there's definitely this camaraderie and this sense of community. Um, a lot of people I don't think can quite relate to that if they haven't been in the military before. I mean, we hear all the time, thank you for your service. And I think people appreciate it, most people at least, but they they don't or they can't truly understand it. Whether you've served in the military or served in law enforcement, it's a, it's a very unique experience, isn't it? Uh, absolutely and of course in service there's it's not just wearing a uniform there's so many different elements you know there's so many different groups of people that are doing totally different things you know um we've we've often heard oh you know i served in afghanistan well there's people that served you know you were at a fob in afghanistan maybe saw or heard a rocket but then you got you know team guys navy seal guys that are out there for three or four ops uh sometimes a day you know and working through buildings all day and night eight hours a day and 
And I think I think that's as far as the military, you know, is concerned. That there's there's obviously that that element of service, but law enforcement, I feel like that line gets even more and more narrow because every single day they go out on the job, every single day they go out and work and they put on a badge, they put on a uniform. And I'm uh, one of my missions is again to 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 help to humanize uh, those men and women who are brave enough to do that here on our home soil. Hundred percent. So if you're uh, listening to our show today and uh, maybe you're here for the first time, maybe you're a repeat offender, as I say, uh, we appreciate your patronage. Um, if you're not familiar with Dave, uh, Dave Bray is a, as I said, award-winning um, artist. He's performed all over the country and, and overseas as well. It's my understanding, Dave. And uh, really your rock rendition of the Star Spangled Banner is maybe what you're best known for it's certified gold it's had millions of streams or well millions of views right 1.5 million streams and it i I think it's one of the most popular versions of this song worldwide um yeah and that that was definitely the that was the groundbreaker um for for me as an artist as well as the band uh, i was with back then um, again, I'm just a solo artist now, Dave Bray USA and the social media circus out there. But, uh, um, you know, I found something with that song that it it resonated with people of all ages. Uh, music has that ability. The right song can do that. And for it to be, I think, I, I don't think this is registered in the Guinness Book of World's Records, but it's one of the oldest cover tunes that a rock band has ever done. So <laughs> you take a, a song that was written 200 years ago and do a cover, um, some ears are certainly going to poke up. And uh, for for it to uh, for that song to be a rock song to be a rock song uh, and to keep the reverence and the meaning behind it, I, I, that was the most important part of you know the writing process for me was to how do I make this song rock? How do I inspire the spirit and use rock music to do that? But also how do I maintain the the genuine reverence behind it so that people aren't offended? So again, um, it, we have to remember we're a nation we're a nation built on on defiance. You know what I mean? Every founding document that we have is part of that defiance against tyranny and oppression. And you know the king at the time in England. Um, and I just wanted to reawaken that spirit with that song. I think it does it. I think it does it well. And that Star Spangled Banner rocks like no other. Totally does. I uh, the first time I heard it, I I listened to it about six times in a row. I was so impressed. I uh, had a friend of mine who's followed you for a long time who introduced it to us. Uh, you know, my business partner and I are organizing a Freedom Festival for next year here in Las Vegas. You know, we reached out to you about possibly being a part of that if the schedule allows. But we uh, we were very impressed, and uh, I'm, I'm curious to know the story behind the song. But first, let's talk a little bit about you. Let's uh, let's get into your background. Where'd you grow up, and maybe a little bit about your your family. I know you're married to to Becky. I am. Is my understanding, yeah. right? Beautiful wife, two two teenage boys. Um, you know, we're going through we're going through the rigors of of being you know parents of teens, which is interesting. <laughs> Um, blessed to have these two boys. Uh, they're absolutely amazing students. Their teachers love them. Um, my wife is again part of our team. She is does the booking, the outreach, and logistics, and the PR for for Dave Bray USA for the band as well as the solo artist, which is me. And uh, you know, my grow up, I I came up in uh, small town America, and I don't know anyone who really grew up in a smaller town. But Jefferson, Pennsylvania, is a tiny, tiny, tiny dot on the map. About three, four hundred when I was there. Uh, we didn't have any traffic lights. We had a roundabout and it was optional stop signs at every stop sign. So that's just how we grew <laughs> up. 
Um, no double lane roads. It was just, just, you know, wow. us, us in the community. Yeah. Very small town, one cop, one fire department, volunteer fire department was the backup police and, and, and everything else. So that, that was us small. Incredible. Okay. You know, I, I used to, uh, I used to think that volunteer, you know, fire, firemen or fire, uh, fire women, even, you know, I, I think that, I, I used to think that that was a thing of the past, but in the small towns, it's very much alive and well, right? Yep. That's how that's all they have. Sure, a lot of the time, and one They're truck all, maybe, and one know. truck, fire police. You got the fire police; they they do it all. So they they help out with the law enforcement. Uh, I'm, I'm sure it's changed a little since I've been there, um, but yeah, just uh, we had four different denominations of churches on each side of the roundabout, and you you mm-hmm. picked one and you went and. Uh, just a beautiful area. We we grew up in a time capsule, and every I go back to speak with my friends about it all the time, and they're like, "How blessed were we uh, to really grow up in that era where you know we were on you know it was the early '80s, and we were just sort of out there on our own and, and exploring on our own and doing what we wanted as kids. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful time. Yeah, I'm envious. I I just grew up in a regular suburb, and I always thought I would enjoy because I love fishing. I love I enjoy hunting. Um, I'm I'm an outdoors guy, not, but I'm not a country, uh, you know. I didn't grow up in the country, right? My wife uh, is a daughter of a dairy farmer. I always say I married the farmer's daughter, oldest that's, of that's, ten ten children. You, you're getting into a country song here, buddy. What you got to <laughs> got to watch yourself, daughter that's of right. a dairy farmer. <laughs> yeah, you're problem. right. Yeah, maybe we can co-author something. No, the, uh, but yeah, she I mean, she had such an idyllic childhood right going down on the creek and fishing and animals and and the farm i mean it's hard work right dairy farm you you you're working 24 7 it seems but but not only did she does she have such great memories as a child kind of an idyllic childhood but her family is amazing right they've grown up to be um just really solid citizens and parents and and church members, I mean, they're just incredible. I believe growing up on a farm, growing up in a small town like that has a lot to do with that. I agree. agree? I, uh, 100. I, and, and I think that comes from a certain reliance, um, having to rely on, you know, needing your kids to help you do the daily work around the farm helps you respect <laughs> your children and value your children way more. And the s- same thing with, you know, our family is not on the farm. Uh, I, I grew up in produce farming. Um, so it was, it was cutting cabbage, pulling tomatoes during the high, high sun time, and then back to cutting cabbage and kale at night. So, um, it's, it's tedious and hard work, but when you, when, when families rely on one another to bring home the bread and bring home the bacon, so to speak, or to help in that process, just like, again, my family, I have two teenage boys. I own a print shop that we do all our own merchandising. in. so, we print our own hats, t-shirts and all these things. And they help out with those things. They help out with the inventory. They'll help out with the the printing. They'll help out with all that stuff. My wife who does all the booking and the PR and the outreach, I depended on those people in my life that live under my roof to help with the, the amount of weight that it takes to put on, you know, our, our little business. And it's just a small business, but it's productive. And it's, it's interesting because, um, again, it, it, I'm not bossing my kids around. I ask them to do things. Um, you know, we rely on each other. They count on me for what I do and I count on them for what they do. And that reliance leads to, um, 
a tighter bond. And I feel like, uh, you know, America, nobody relies. Dad goes to work at his job. Mom goes to work at their job. The kids both go to separate schools. Nobody's counting on each other really that much. I mean, there's obviously the 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 mainstays, but for the actual bread and butter of what is going to, you know, keep the heat on, keep the food on the table and keep the lights on, um, everybody's going to something else for that instead of looking towards each other to build. So I right. think... I think families need to 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 face each other and and build something together, even if it's just a hobby or a side you know side hustle. Right, I I completely agree. You know, you make an interesting point. I I, I guess I'd never thought of maybe I've done it without realizing it, but you talked about how the parents respect the children; they rely on the children, and vice versa. Growing up in a farm or in a family business, or you know, with that right, that correct uh, nucleus. Mm-hmm. You always hear about people who grew up in a farm, for example, having a good work ethic and they respect their elders and so forth and so on. But but that respect and that reliance has to go both ways, right? I've been fortunate. I had four teenagers at once. We have five children. I married, I married a widow with three kids and we have two boys together. And then uh, and now they're 17 to 25, right? They've, and they've done well. We've got a couple of academics who both got scholarships and a couple of athletes who are both division one athletes. Uh, my daughter was a gymnast for the Oregon Ducks. My son's a diver for Cal State. And I think by default, one of the reasons they've done well is that we gave them that respect. We gave them that autonomy, right? We 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 forced them to be independent, to be to be to be uh, proactive, right? To create work ethic. And I think in that sense, I guess I hadn't really thought about it, but I. We really re- were respecting them to be capable of that, right? To be worthy, uh, I guess, worthy of it. Or well, maybe we rose, we, we we raised the the standard, and they rose to it. Right? That's a good way to put it. Yep. Yeah. Sounds like your boys are uh, are doing really well. We were talking about uh, trying to figure out where they're going to go for college, and uh, uh, before talk the about, show, that's a big a decision. Mind, that's a minefield yeah. out there right now. You know? Oh my so. gosh! Yeah. Yeah, we. Uh, um, before the show, we were talking a little bit about Liberty University. I was able to attend a, a summit there. It's a CEO summit that we've we've been to the last two years. My business partners and, and me and and um, I'll tell you, if you're considering it, I was very very impressed. Not just with the spirit there and and the quality of the instruction, the quality of the of the campus, but more than anything, I think I was impressed with the kids. Yep. And the students are, are phenomenal. I'm wishing my kids had gone there. Right. But right. that's what I noticed when I was there too. I was there with uh I think we mentioned um with the Save America tour and mm-hmm. uh we got to interview some of the kids and just their ability to articulate and again re- just you could almost see the respect for one another. And I think I I I'll go into that and in maybe the next segment we'll talk about respect a little more. Um, but you could almost, it was almost tangible and it made you want to act a, even as a, a better way as an adult when you're around these kids who actually acted just unbelievably respectful towards anyone and everyone around them. It was beautiful. I love that campus. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, I, I guess one thing that struck me is they weren't just the blind following the blind, right? It wasn't blind faith. It wasn't, you know, we're just doing what we're told to do. This is how we were raised. I and mean, these kids are thinkers, right? They ask questions. They're they're reaching out. We were obviously working with the uh, the business uh, school, and specifically with Dave Brat, the dean there. But but these kids are are smart and they have values. 
and they really seem to want to make the world a different place, a, a better place, you know, and in a number of different ways. We had a, a summit, uh, kind of a breakout session with the producers of The Chosen, and there were a lot of kids in there who were interested in in mm. going into film and using that medium to to spread the good news, you know, spread the word. And there were a lot of uh, kids looking into different types of business and different types of performance like yourself. And, you know, I, I'm a firm believer, we are coming up against our first break, but I'm a firm believer that we can find our lane, find our passion and do good with that passion wherever we go. However, we end up, you know, creating our life and, and finding that lane, we can do more than just make income, but we can make a difference. And you are most definitely doing that, my friend, which Thank you. is one of the reasons I invited you on the show. So, Well, very cool. And yeah, sometimes God doesn't tell you that what he's building you for is to do good while you're in the middle of learning. You know, that's the mm -hmm. interesting part is while he's constructing the cabinet, you know, you you got to you got to stand back and, and allow him to do that and give him the space. So yeah, man, I love it. And I, and I, I know, again, I know we're up against the break here, but uh, I just want to say again, um, you know, uh, I, the faith and the respect that I saw from those kids at Liberty was definitely something it was so, it was, it was such a fresh breath of air. You know, you just don't see it in the world today, especially from kids in that demographic, 18 to 20, it's just not there. Very much so. Well, they call it the, the buckle of the Bible belt for a reason, right? That's and, right. Uh, it seemed to be doing some things right, but uh, we're we're visiting with Dave Bray. He's a successful musician, well known for his performance of the Star Spangled Banner. Wish we could have you perform on the show today, but we'll most definitely put a link to it in the in the description below. So if you're listening, go back later and read and click on the link and uh, spread the word. Like it, share it. We'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Certainty Management can help create more certainty in your life with our deep discount health insurance options, even for 1099s, part-time employees, volunteers, and more. Pay less to protect yourself, your loved ones, and your team. Call 888-684-3122 for a free quote today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. If you're a nonprofit in need of funding, we can help. Certainty Management is a cost reduction firm that also helps churches, schools, sports teams, and other nonprofits raise unlimited zero cost funding. Best of all, you don't have to sell anything or ask for donations. Call 888 684 3122 to learn more today. That's 888 684 3122. Visit us on the web at certaintyteam.com. That's certainty. T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. 
When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Finding Certainty with Patrick Lang. Have a question for Patrick or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show with Patrick. Welcome back to Finding Certainty. This is Patrick Lang, your host. I'm visiting with Dave Bray today. He's a and I would say an eclectic musician. I mean, you are a rock musician, Dave, but you've played with so many different bands and in so many different arenas. Um, it must be quite the experience going from country to rock to to heavy metal to even uh, you know hip hop, hip hop, and everything in between. Right? It's uh, not all, because not only is it a a variety and a diversity of of styles, right? But a lot of different groups, a lot of different types of performers and and uh, communities and, and so forth and so on. And that resonates to me because I believe one of the best ways to create more certainty in our lives is, is to work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, were, we were talking about the show before when I was asked to do the show. Originally, I was a guest. Uh, I was invited to come on another show because of what we do as a company. We help, among other things, we help nonprofits raise unlimited funding. We don't charge them anything for it um but i was asked what would you do if you did your own show what would your pillars be and i said two things one we have to really be willing to evolve if we truly want to find more success more more joy more certainty in our lives we have to be willing to change but to be willing to consider new relationships and technologies and so forth and secondly we have to link arms and work together I believe we have a much more in common than we differ on. It's 95% versus 5%. And yes, we're so hyper-focused on that 5%. It causes problems. So I was asking uh, Dave on the break what one uh, event, if there is one, that stands out in his in his career. Was there a favorite? Do you mind sharing with them what you, uh, what you shared if they weren't watching the YouTube video? Uh- yeah, yeah, I will. I will. Um, but one of the things, like, I, I thought for a second you were going to ask me what show that I would do. And, and I want to, I just want to dip into this. I always thought it would be a really cool show um, and call it Confession and just have people unload things that, that they're carrying around. I think, like you said, we get wrapped up in the 5%, which is like the hair and the makeup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, but we forget about the, you know, the heart and oftentimes that, that the, that the other person across from you is carrying around. And I think a lot of, a lot of our differences come because we don't share the similarities of, of some of the things that we've had to endure and some of the hardships that we've had to endure that have brought us to the platforms and to the places that we are resting our morals or, or, or ship or, you know, you know, beaching our boats upon, um, and saying, this is where I stand and that's it. Um, but I think if we get down to it, that, that 5%, uh, really is only the hair and makeup. The rest of it is we've all gone through really rough times. If you've lived into your forties or your fifties, you've, you've worn some scars. And that's I think right. a, a great show would be called uh, confession, but we were talking about, um, uh, that the event, or you asked what would be with the best event. Yeah, let me let me interject real quick on your thought. Um, you mentioned earlier about how you were trying to find the balance and 
not hard to do, right? To create a rock version of a song that is so beloved, it's historic, it's spiritual for many people, but the stars being old banner and, and trying to find that balance between a different version, right? A more upbeat maybe version, a more a, 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 a universal version, but a rock version of it. Hey, it and was still, a rock version, yeah. <laughs> and still, but still not losing the spirit of it, right? And right. I I listen to a lot of um a lot of uh gospel, a lot of uh, Christian, you know, modern Christian music, uh, counting crows and and uh mercy me. I mean the list goes on, right? But um I think they do a pretty good job. And I, I I don't know about you, but it seems like there's a lot of bands out there that are figuring that out. Before we talk about your experience with the with the law enforcement candlelight vigil, which I think is incredible. Yeah, um, I want to tell that story. How do you find that balance? How do you think that really great artists are doing that, yourself included? Because it's a, uh, I think it's a challenge. It's not easy to do. Well, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to be brutally honest about what I feel about uh, uh, music um, coming out of, especially the Christian community. And I get it a lot, but again, it, it speaks to the hair and makeup uh, crowd. Um, I believe that every person has their own faith and they got their own walk with faith. We all have our own thumbprint when it comes to our relationships with God and with whoever your, you know, your higher power may be Christ for me. Um, you know, one of the things that I will say about Christian music that is, it's become almost repugnant for me to listen to, um, in a way that Mm -hmm. I can look upon the song and I know exactly uh, what it's about, who it's for and why, but there's never, there's, it feels like no artist is out there really willing, um, to scream at the, at, 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 at the stars and say, you know, ask the real hard questions. Um, and that's where I feel like me as an artist, people are like, are you a country artist? I said, yeah, but I'm a God and country artist. Um, I'm faith driven, but it's not always driven to glorify. Sometimes it's, sometimes I'm going to be coming honest with it to the, uh, to the audience and say, you know, I feel some days abandoned. I feel like there is no God today. Some days I don't want to get on my knees. Some days I'm angry and nobody ever dips into those things. And I think that's where a lot of, I mean, a lot of artists have found a ton of success because they follow, um, they follow the same uh, cookie cutter, you know, thing. We go to Nashville, we write a song about him and we give all our glory up to God and, and praise worship and all that is great. But music for me was never meant to be all one thing in certain ways and certain entities that I hear on, on radio stations. Some days it's like, Oh my gosh. Okay. Another song that is just the same thing over and over again. It's, it's all the others. Right. It's, yeah, it's the same same repugnance as country music, and I, and I and some. If you listen down through a lot of Dave Bray songs, you know, at first glance, you may even say, "Well, this this doesn't sound this sounds more secular. This sounds this doesn't sound like a song about faith." And then I'll sit down and I'll say, "Well, have you ever felt this way? Have you ever thought about it this way? Have you ever have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and not been content? Have you ever have you ever fought a demon or a battle that you couldn't get through, and then you realize later on that 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 demon was placed there by God so that you could overcome it?" And I, I don't want to say that I'm this, you know, esoteric visionary when it comes to music. I'm not. I, I've got been very blessed with the amount of success that I've gotten. I don't have a label. I have nobody pushing me. It's my wife, my kids, and I. Um, but we I walk. That. We walk a very different path than people that are signed into, you know, Nashville record labels and things like that. It's just a very, very different vision and a very, very different experience for 
uh, for us than it is for a lot of others. And again, I, I like to camouflage some of my uh, faith elements in my songs is that people, they may not see it coming until the end and they go back and they re realize they're like, holy cow, that song was literally about my journey with faith and I can completely connect with it. That interesting how um, in order to have true impact and to truly make lasting change on people, sometimes we have to be less overt, right? You have to go a path that's not commercialized, that you have to go a direction that's outside the box, right? Mm -hmm. but, it, but I think it's one of the reasons so many listeners are resonating with you and your style because it's, you talked about fresh, right? You talked about the kids at Liberty being, you know, it's like a breath of fresh air. I think your music, Dave, is a breath of fresh air to the listeners. And oftentimes they don't even realize why that is, but it resonates with them at a deeper level. And maybe it takes a little while for them to recognize why that is, but I think it's because you speak truth and you're not afraid to, uh, you're not polishing it, right? You're not, um, you're not trying to to fit in that mainstream and, and work with the Holly, you know, the Hollywood producers or the Nashville producers in order to make a buck. Your message, correct me if I'm wrong, is more about the truth. It's more about the heart. It's more about the real experience that we go through and are going through here, not just uh, Facebook's version of it. Is that a is that a safe uh, summation? Oh, it's close. It's it's. Uh, music on a mission for me um, is basically what we call our album series. Um, so I narrate down through the records. You don't just get you know ten, twelve songs in a row. You get the narrated version. I, I tell you exactly what that song is about and why it was written. And that's one of the biggest faux pas in music. Everybody's like, no, you can't tell them what this song's about. You got to let them figure it out themselves. Nope. I don't want that. I'm, I, I want you to understand that I wrote this song for this reason, and this is why I wrote it. And again, people will then listen with a different set of ears and be like, holy cow, again, this guy is striking into a nerve that that I carry along with me or that into a darkness that I carry along with me. But more importantly, what I want to show with Music on a Mission is a continuation of service in patriotism and in faith. And I want to show other artists out there, other men and women of service, um, uh, men and women in law enforcement who may have, you know, put their uniforms away that it's it, to find something else, find another mission, lay it out on, on the table and really plan it and plot it and know that God is going to put his hands in it. If, if you put your heart in the right place. And that is, that's the purpose of my music is the purpose of my mission. And, and finally is just to be uh, a representation that my kids can look up to and and realize that hey my dad was in music but he wasn't some guy sitting around you know guzzling liquor and drinking and singing about whiskey and booze and friday nights and neon lights and daisy dukes and dirt roads and red trucks and tailgates and that that kind of thing i just it just it's not for me so i'm a different artist i'm a different kind of guy and if people want to listen i i am i'm more than happy to allow that i would love that uh, but if if it's not your cup of tea, I get it. I completely get it. Right, There's plenty of that out there. Well, you know, I normally start the show with uh, sharing two reasons why I've invited this guest on finding certainty, and one of those is because what you're doing with your with your song and with your music, I think, is really it's resonating with patriots all over America, whether Republican, Democrat. If you care about the country, I think your music resonates is the word that keeps coming to me but the second reason though is exactly that it's that you 
you are approaching the music industry and approaching the messaging in your music from a different angle than a lot of artists. And I, 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 I find it refreshing myself and the feedback I hear from others is they feel the same way. So um, I know your last, uh, your sophomore album um, hit number one on the rock and country charts, right? Or a number, number one on the rock chart, but it's resonating with artists and and fans from both arenas, right? And in country, it's gar- I mean, you've garnered, garnered national success across both communities and both uh, demographics. And so, um, too far gone, right? It's the name of the album. The name of the album's too far gone. Uh, the f- name of the first album was called Music on a Mission. That was the uh, that was the freshman album for as me as a solo artist. Uh, so music on a mission is out there and that one um again it had god bless america ver- rock versions again of god bless america amazing grace um you know the star spangled banner but it also had a very important song on there uh called last call and last call was written from the perspective of a fallen law enforcement officer um it was written it, it, because a friend of mine had sent me a last call that was uh, sent as a broadcast over the airwaves that he had received a capture for and as I was listening to it, I didn't know what it was. In the military, we have a roll call or a final roll call for our fallen brothers and sisters. Uh, but in in the law enforcement community, they announce over the radio uh, the badge number. And they announce it three times hmm. to, to blank airwaves. And the first time I heard it, the dispatcher's voice was crumbling. And I didn't know what it was. And I, I was I could feel the emotion from what she was saying, but I didn't know what it was happening until the final call of that badge number where she retired and obviously gave the end of watch uh, sequence for um, a gentleman by the name of Sergeant Brad Fox or officer Brad Fox. And Brad was a United States Marine um, and he had kids and he got ambushed and he got killed in the line of duty. And I wanted to write a song that would fill those blank spaces after they called that badge number three times on the air um, with what I would say. And that turned into the song that we all know is last call um has gone again certified gold it's been streamed thousands hundreds of thousands millions of times a video has been you know millions of video views uh, but mm. that's that song last call is is for that reason and that's the one that opened up an entirely new world to me when it came to um i don't want to call them fans because they're friends the, the law enforcement community mm-hmm <laughs> What we were talking before about one of the performances that you've had that really uh, had an impact on you, and it was the National Law Enforcement uh, Candlelight Vigil, right, in D.C. Yeah. They do it every year, May 15th. Uh, it's the, uh, what is the exact holiday? It's the... It's a National Peace Officers Memorial Day. That's it's right. National Peace Officers Day of Remembrance. Um that's the actual day. It's May fifteenth. Each year, they'll do the the um, the reading of the names and the wreath at the Capitol, and mm-hmm. the president is there. I've performed three times uh, for three different presidents in the, um, for for the wreath laying, uh, for the flowers and the wreath for the uh, for the families of the fallen. The survivors is what they're they're um, known as. And then I've done the uh, National Law Enforcement Memorial uh, Fund. Uh, they do the candlelight vigil. And that's down below the Capitol. That's on the mall, the actual National mm-hmm. Mall. And uh, it's, you know, it's 20 to 50,000 people. And they let, they all light one, from one candle, they fill the entire National Mall with candles. And it, if you've never seen it, if you've never been to D.C. for Police Week, if you've never witnessed that event, 
It is one that will shake you. It will stir you. Um, it will make you realize what these men and women do every single day and the price that they pay. Um, but as from a performer standpoint, it is by far the most memorable, but the also the most important um, stage that I've ever performed. And um, I can imagine maybe talk after the break about that. I don't know how much time we have, but I'd like to talk more about that if we could. Yeah, we're coming up on the break. I, I spent quite a bit of time in D.C. My parents lived in Silver Spring, Maryland for mm-hmm. about a decade. I'd like to tell you a quick um, Pennsylvania story real quick before our break. And then when we come back, let's talk more about this event. For years, I'd been going back and visiting my parents. And I said, you know, mom, one of these days I'd like to drive up into Pennsylvania and go see Gettysburg. Mm. And she said, well, it's about an hour from here. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea it was that close. I mean, living there in the Beltway and, and I didn't live there. I just came and visited while they were living there. I was already an adult, but how close everything was um, and how many historical uh, landmarks, battlefields, et cetera, that surround that area. It was really, uh, it was really cool, but shows my uh, ignorance as a, as a young man. Gettysburg's great. Man. Everything's so close, right? <laughs> they do a, they do a great Segway tour up at, up in Gettysburg. If you ever done it, it's all, you know, automated Segway tour. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. You should do it. So if anybody's thinking about it, don't forget the Segway tour. Yeah, it was really neat. I, uh, there is a, there is a spirit there at Gettysburg and many of the historical uh, monuments and so forth, you can feel the spirit of the dead. You can feel the spirit of the, the significance of that, of that location, right? Of those landmarks. And um, I'm sure it was the same way at that conference, but we are up against our next and last break. Uh, We're visiting with Dave Bray here on finding certainty We'll come back. I'd like to hear a little bit more about the candlelight vigil and um, how you felt, what uh, and what you're doing for for law enforcement in general. Maybe what we can do to help listeners out there. Uh, it's a it's an important topic. We will be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. If you're a nonprofit in need of funding, we can help. Certainty Management is a cost reduction firm that also helps churches, schools, sports teams, and other nonprofits raise unlimited zero cost funding. Best of all, you don't have to sell anything or ask for donations. Call 888 684 3122 to learn more today. That's 888 684 3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. 
Certainty Management can help create more certainty in your life with our deep discount health insurance options, even for 1099s, part-time employees, volunteers, and more. Pay less to protect yourself, your loved ones, and your team. Call 888-684-3122 for a free quote today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Finding Certainty with Patrick Lang. Have a question for Patrick or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now, back to the show with Patrick. Welcome back to Finding Certainty. Having a great conversation today with Dave Bray. He's a very popular musician. I think in part because he covers several genres. He's performed with multiple different acts, ranging from Leonard Skinner and Charlie Daniels Band to Weezer, and uh, the list goes on, right? The as, as we talked to, though, about the experience of performing both with uh, acts like these and as a solo artist, you've performed at a number of different uh, arenas and a number of different uh, locations ranging from Nash, you know, NASCAR to NFL to, as we were just discussing, the National Law Enforcement Candlelight Vigil. Mm-hmm. I asked you earlier what was one that stands out in your mind, and unequivocally, you said this experience, the chance to perform on the Washington Mall with as many as fifty thousand friends, as you call them. They're in support of our law enforcement. You talked a little bit about, about the candles and how um, it impacted you because you had a different perspective, right? You were standing up on the stage, looking out over the audience. Yeah. And that's, and that's, Share a yeah. little bit about that. I thought that was really interesting. Sure. You know, um, when you're there and you're in the audience, cause I've, I've been in both, I've been at the candlelight vigil on, you know, holding the candle side. And then I've, you know, obviously I've performed at the candlelight vigil for the national law enforcement memorial fund for the last three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when you're on that stage and you're looking across, they'd light, they start one candle and it's the survivor's candle and it goes out into all these people. And it takes a matter of maybe five minutes for this candle of healing to be passed through 50,000 people. And when you're up there performing, Incredible. yeah, it's, it's unbelievable because each candle makes two and each two makes four, you know what I mean? It's it. And it, as you see, it sort of just making its way back through the back of the, the, the national mall. Um, what happens is you're, as you're standing on the stage, you're looking down and you're, you're seeing the candles be lit. And then as you look back, they sort of flatten out and it becomes this one single line of fire. And because of the heat signature of the candles, it starts to move. And it actually looks like a body of water. It almost looks like a lake of fire when you're standing out there. So as I'm performing and I'm performing the song last call, um, for these men and women and who have lost their loved ones uh, in the line of duty and otherwise uh, I'm performing this song, which is this extremely heartfelt cathartic uh, song about fallen law enforcement. And I'm performing this and I'm in awe of this 
band of of fire that's going across the National Mall in front of the Capitol. And it, I, it it's so hard to focus because it's something that I've never seen before in my life. It would be like watching a quadruple rainbow while trying to juggle something into the sky. Wow. And, you know, the best way I can describe it, but all of a sudden I snapped back into the reality when I, I started coming back forward and bringing my gaze down below to the front row of these people, these survivors. And behind each candle, this the, the thing that I didn't see because I could only see candles is at night was there was a glow of a face behind each and every candle. And in these faces, you could feel the pain and the heartache just being released during this moment. And there is no, absolutely, probably no way that that will ever be beaten in in the performance realm for me. Um, you know, as a band, as a performer, I've played in front of thousands of screaming people and jumping around and stage diving and all those things. But to see that many people having the same cathartic emotional reaction to a song that you're singing at one time um, and for the purpose it was for, it will never, ever be touched. You know, I appreciate you sharing that with me. Um, we talk about a spiritual experience when you're in Washington, D.C., around the monuments uh, at Arlington and uh, cemetery and so forth. But I think if I may be um, so bold as to say, I think the um, catharsis of it all and the spirit of it all has got to be further accentuated because of the emotion. And and you, you say they're going through a grieving experience. You know, they're, they're either grieving being a survivor or grieving having lost a loved one. Um, I, you know, we're both veterans. I, uh, I served for several years in the army and it's hard to encapsulate. It's hard to verbalize the experience of serving with someone and then losing them and going through the, the, I guess you say the, the, um, the regret of, of being a survivor, right? Survivor. survivor's guilt's real and that's that's part of that's part of that event is that you know there's roughly in the last five or ten years there's been roughly 200 law enforcement officers who are killed in line of duty or perished that year and so there's families that are in the front are the are the families and i'm speaking again of the candlelight vigil the national mm-hmm. law enforcement memorial puts on those families are 200 people's direct family members and they're the ones who it's their first year they're suffering the worst or this is their first year actually seeing the vigil and the other 50,000 are there to support those 200 families and that again is something that is happening on a such an amazing scale within this law enforcement community and I I, I'm going to kind of keep going here for a second Um, an amazing part of that support and and getting those people there from all over the country um, comes from an organization called Concerns of Police Survivors or COPS. And they do so much in engaging these families and supporting them from the, the moment they get their notification um, and, and so, you know, until their kids are up and out of the house, they're just that am- amazing benevolent organization that wraps a blanket around these families and helps them grieve through the process without the bureaucracy of what's happening on paper. They just allow that human connection to happen. And one last organization I want to mention behind the border patrol is the border patrol foundation. And they 
are another benevolent organization specifically for border patrol. So I got to give those those three organizations the shout outs, the National Law Enforcement Memorial, um, the Concerns of Police Survivors, and of course, the Border Patrol Foundation for all they do for those families who have fallen directly after and continuing through the lives of their children. It's absolutely amazing. 100%. You know, I, I have to tell you one of the one of the, my favorite things about having this show and you know, you would be a good host. You could, it's such a great platform to be able to get the message out and control the message and highlight worthwhile organizations, artists, you know, activists and so forth. And it's probably my favorite thing about what we're, we're doing is that it does feel like we have a bigger, a bigger uh, loudspeaker, right? A bigger mouthpiece. Um, uh, as I was asked, when I was asked to do the show and as I embarked upon this experience, I wasn't quite sure what to expect, but um, it's become a really great platform for us to get the word out that we have um, not only the opportunity, but the obligation to to help where we can. Mm. You know, speaking of law enforcement, I, I think one of the biggest travesties in our country is those that are trying to defund the police and, and, um, and tear it down. And they're, I mean, they are out there defending us on a daily basis, undergoing an untold dangers. And I know I have a friend who's a police officer in um, Anchorage, Alaska. It's not even the biggest city, but he said every single night, it is call after call after call after call. A lot of domestic issues, a lot of you know, drunken, disorderly, and so forth. It's not always something uh, major, like a murder or something. But but still, we I, I think we have as citizens, we have an obligation to understand and appreciate it. But most of us, we have no comprehension of how much they do and are doing day in day out. You talked about earlier about military versus the law enforcement, you know, military in Afghanistan, you might be going out on multiple operations a day, but in law enforcement, it's nonstop. Every right? day. It, you every don't day. come home after nine months. <laughs> law That's right. You have to come home after nine months. Yeah. But I mean, listen, the name of the show, um, you know, and the certainty behind it and that quest for it, you know, it comes down to some in my opinion, we, we, we were going to talk about this and I wanted to make sure I got to it. Um, but it's, it, it comes down to the building blocks. And I think when you talk about certainty, certainty is completely uncertain. There's never anything certain about your human existence or your time here or your, your human experience. Um, but if you can, if you can get building blocks, um, you know, placed properly, and you can build a foundation about or around your, you know, yourself and your life. And you can start to build that foundation um, by keeping it square, by keeping it plumb and keeping it true. Um, you can build certainty, uh, you know, with faith and through the right virtues like respect um, and things like that. And if we have a common building block that is putting put into the hearts and minds of our children, um, and the men and women of this country that we all can understand and come to commonsensical terms upon, like, hey, yes, you have the right to express your own faith and do your own faith within the parameters of 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 you know with of the law, and I will respect your willingness to do that. If you respect mine, then we can put those two blocks together and we can start building 
Um, if uh, yes, I, I respect your right to free speech. I may not agree, but I'm going to allow you to have it. There's another building block. If we have another building block of, of, you know, going on top that is, uh, around, around patriotism or where we see, you know, our flag or one of those things or how we respect our law enforcement, there is another building block. Same with our military. And again, I, I, I feel like if we can build these building blocks, you know, plum square and true, then we can have more certainty as a nation. But right now, the way I see it, our building blocks have been crumbled and there's, there's, there's a, there's a plan and a plot to destroy us. And I, I feel like we are a far cry away from the certainty that we truly need to move forward in this country. And I hope that people will, will, will revisit some of the virtues that built this nation so that we can continue to move forward. I agree with you a hundred percent, Dave, you know, and, I don't know that the building blocks have been crumbled as much as they've been pushed aside. They're still there. They're still available, you know, and to your point, if we just start putting them back together, start sliding them back into place, start rebuilding them if we have to. Um, In a very real sense, I think um, one of the most important things we can do is to choose to think for ourselves, to be independent. You talk about the defiance of the founding fathers and what established America, and and we see the monuments to their to their defiance, right? We have to be willing to defy the masses, right? To divide the crowd, to think, to 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 be willing to think differently. And we are out of time. We're coming up at the end of the show, but I believe that's what you do with your music, right? You're defying. Nashville and the producers and the general mainstream music, right? You're defying that that cookie cutter thinking. You're yeah. defying but my, mission, sense, my, my mission that, in, that in thought the, process, right? But my mission in the end is to bring people together. And, and, and if we continue to say, hey, we have to continue to defy each other, then we fail in, in one of God's biggest you know, laws, you know, he wants us to love one another one for what we are and who we are. And at the end of the day, if we continue to just beat our heads up against the wall about our differences, we're never going to get anywhere. So hundred percent. Well, congrats on all your success. How do people get a hold of you? Everything is at Dave Bray, USA, Dave Bray, B-R-A-Y, USA. You can find the music, the mission. You can sign up for the newsletter. I do a Freedom Friday newsletter on the website. If you want to support uh, our merchandise is Dave Bray, USA. My wife, my kids, myself, we print and, and, and do all our own merchandise. So you're supporting our family as well. DaveBrayUSA.com there. And I, for every purchase, if they mentioned they, they saw me on this show, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sign an autograph, uh, my music on a mission album, you're going to get that for free. Don't bother buying it. If you say in the comments that you saw me on your show, then I want to give you that album for free because I think it's important. Fantastic. Let's talk more. We can help raise funding for your organizations that you care about. We're out of time. Sure. Thanks for being on the show, Dave. Really appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much, Patrick. I appreciate have, you as well. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll, uh, we'll see you next week. God bless. Thanks for tuning into today's episode of Finding Certainty. We hope you've gained some more insight into how to create more certainty in your own business or nonprofit. Join us next week for another taste of the certainty experience. Until then, we wish you greater certainty in all that you do.